Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. We'll be using Hold an Evening Prayer to guide us through the worship today, as well as having a theme song and a passage specifically on this question, why did you doubt that Jesus asks to Peter? And we'll get into that story a little bit more in a bit. But please join me. Jesus Christ, you are the light of the world. Stay with us now, for it is evening. Let your light scatter the darkness and shine within your
will be group one with you, and that will be group two. May our prayers come before you, O God, as incense. And may your presence surround and fill us so that, so that in union with all creation, we might sing your praise and your love in our lives. Amen. Our reading today comes from Matthew's Gospel, from the 14th chapter, starting with the 22nd verse. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, and the wind was against them. <clears throat> and early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. 
But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Our song for today, our theme song for today, is a little bit unconventional. You won't find it on the top 100 or 1,000 or 1 million greatest hymns of all time. In fact, if you look at the sort of modern Christian music charts, you won't find it on the top 100 for sure, probably not even the top 1,000. Our song for today comes from what some people would call, quote-unquote, secular music. However, the two-man band that uh, wrote it and perform it are, identify themselves as Christians, young adult Christians who are in the midst of wonder and change and doubt in themselves and in their faith and in the world around them. They're people who are struggling. I sometimes wonder if many of us are sort of like women after a birth, a pregnancy and a birth. Apparently there are particular hormones that help women forget the pain of childbirth. And I think for some of us too, we forget the doubts or the pains or the struggles of adolescence, young adulthood, and all of that questions of identity, who we are, where we fit, if we matter at all, and why we're here. But those are certainly some of the questions that these young people have. In fact, the the person who wrote the song, Tyler, the lead singer of this two-man band, uh, wrote this song when he was 17. The song's called Goner, and it's at the end of an album that is called Blurry Face. And I love that title, because Blurry Face is basically the, uh, another way of saying the old Adam or the old Eve. You've heard that term. That's a church term that we've heard before. Blurry Face is this person that Tyler identifies in himself, this sort of alter ego, this one who's struggling against the God-made self in him. You may remember the words of the Apostle Paul who said, the good I want to do, I don't do. And the evil I don't want to do is what I do. That's kind of a naming of this old Adam in him, or old Eve. Uh, and it's also kind of a, a naming for Tyler. It would be the same thing of this character that he calls Blurry Face. And so this album kind of tells a story, and oddly enough, it begins kind of like our worship often begins, with a confession. The first song in the album is Heavy, Dirty Soul. Anybody ever felt like they had a heavy or dirty soul, right? Sin-sick soul, perhaps, or heavy with the weight of all the things around us, like those waves that crash violently against the disciples' boat. The songs progress. Blurry Face is the next song. It identifies this character that we're going to get to know, this sort of alter um, one to, to Tyler's true self, who he sees himself in Christ as truly being. And there's a struggle with that. There's even a song called Doubt on the album. But it ends with this prayer, this song that's really a prayer, and it's different than all the other songs, soft with the piano. And it's a crying out to God to take away this blurry face, to take this alter ego, this old Adam, to put it to death in him and to raise him up to new life, to breathe new air and new life 
into his lungs and into his soul. That's a little setup because the song might be confusing without that, okay? But I picked that song because, um, because I like the band kind of partly, okay, confessional time. Um, how many 21 Pilots fans out there? Yeah, kind of thought I was going to be the only one this morning. Um, <laughs> but but uh, also because that song, I think, really speaks into this gospel word for today. The disciples have just witnessed Jesus doing one of the most incredible miracles that we hold from the scriptures. And it's found in, um, I think, all of the gospels, actually, twice in one of them. It's the feeding of the 5,000. And really, it's more than 5,000. It's 5,000 men plus women and children. They just witnessed that. And immediately after this happens, Jesus sends them out across the sea on this boat. And he goes up on the mountain to pray alone by himself, which he's apt to do. In the middle of the night, or sometime in the night, a storm blows and the waves beat against the boat. And actually the word for them beating against the boat is the word that's used in Greek for torture. Now I don't know if Matthew is trying to say something about his community, the early church, and the torturous life that they live trying to be and to live out this Christian identity in the midst of a world that does not welcome it. Or if he's just trying to really say just how awful these waves were. But at any rate, this boat is being beaten about and the disciples are in peril and they're afraid. And to add to their fear, suddenly now Jesus comes walking across the water. He decides to take the shortcut that only God can take, right? Walking through this storm, walking amidst the wind and the torturous waves and coming towards the disciples who now are not only terrified about those waves, but believe now that they're seeing a ghost as well, and it says they become absolutely terrified. Now, they're not seeing a ghost in the sense that we might think the Holy Ghost, or they don't think it's an angel. They think it's some disembodied, the word actually in Greek is phantom, or the word that would be the base for phantom. And so now, not only is there peril from, from the uh, storm around them, but there seems to be some kind of supernatural peril coming towards them as well until Jesus speaks the word of God. He speaks these words to them. He tells them what angels and messengers from God say to people who are afraid. Do not be afraid. <laughs> Calm down. But then he says something much more powerful, kind of in the middle of that. He says, it is I. Now, we might see that in English and think, well, that's just Jesus saying like, hey guys, it's me, don't worry. Calm down. But the literal translation of that is ego ami. I am. And if you don't know the story of Moses, after Moses doubts and struggles and wrestles with God about being this deliverer of the people from Egypt, tries to talk God out of it, he finally says to God, okay, well, tell me what your name is. They're going to they're gonna want to know who sent me. And what does God say? I am. I kind of like the translation, I will be who I will be. That's also a way to say it. But let's just stick with I am for now. Jesus says, do not be afraid. I am. Fear not. God is present. Peter seems to buy into it. He believes it. He's seen it now. And, and there it is right in front of him. Something we all might wish for in the midst of a storm, in the midst of doubt, to see Jesus actually right there. So he asked, can, can I come out of the boat? Can, can you draw me to you, Jesus? And I don't think Peter wants to just do some miraculous thing. I don't think he just wants to tiptoe on the waves and be cool. I think it's really a moment of confession and belief for him. And Jesus says, come. 
And Peter gets out of the boat and he starts to walk towards Jesus and he's focused on Jesus. But then he feels the winds and he looks at the waves and he probably starts to think about himself and his own abilities. I think when we have that question of doubt in our faith, it always seems to be married with self-doubt. And sometimes that self-doubt may come from the torturous waves around us, from the, from the things that are going on in the, in the life of our world or our own personal lives, and that kind of marries together with this doubt in our faith. Peter doubts, and he begins to sink. And he cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reaches out and grasps him and pulls him up and into the boat. And he says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You of little faith, why did you doubt? Seems kind of like a pretty big insult, doesn't it? But Jesus uses this identifier, you of little faith, for people all of the time. He would use it for me. He would use it probably for all of us. It's just kind of the reality of who we are. And then he says, why did you doubt? It seems like another dig at Peter. I mean, come on, Peter. There's Jesus right there. He just fed five, six, seven, a hundred, or 10,000 people, something like that, right in front of you. And now he's right in front of you in these ways. And yet you still doubt. I don't know about you, but it gives me kind of a little comfort that even in the midst of Jesus being right there, Peter still doubts when he looks around at what the world and what's going on around him. He still struggles with his own ability and his own faith. I figured this word for doubt was kind of like the doubting Thomas. You know, he's mis misnamed. Really, he's the disbelieving Thomas. The word is apistus. Pistus means faith. Apistus, not faith. That's the word used for, for Thomas. And I thought, well, that might be it here too. But then it didn't make sense. You have little faith. Why did you have no faith? <laughs> The word for doubt here just means doubt, and it's doubt in the sense of having a struggle between two things, having our focus split between two different things. It's used twice in the New Testament, both in Matthew. Here, and in another miraculous event, as Jesus ascends into heaven, it says as the disciples saw him, they believed and they doubted. Even in that miraculous moment, like this one, there's still doubt. It's just the reality of who we are. But here's the good news. Jesus doesn't show up to us, or God doesn't show up to us as a phantom, as an apparition, as a spirit, as some disembodied, somebody out there kind of entity. Our God shows up to us as the I am who is present in the midst of the storm with power over that storm, but in the midst of it, as we are in fear of all that's going on around us, whether it be our hearts breaking with the refugee crisis in Syria or with the ongoing unrest in the Middle East or the threat of this pandemic coronavirus and the message of the governor even this morning, whatever those doubts and fears might be or the doubts in ourselves as we age, as we go through adolescence, whatever the time of life that we're facing, in the midst of that, God is not just kind of there or spiritually there. God is really there. We have a real God who steps into our doubt, into our littleness of faith, and says, I am. I am. 
And that's what the singer of our song will cry out for here as well. Grab them on your way out if you like. They're on the table out there. Catch my breath. I'm a goner. Somebody catch my breath. I want to be known by you. I want to be known by you. I'm a goner. Somebody catch my breath. I'm a goner. Somebody catch my breath. I want to be known by you. I want to be known by you. Though I'm weak and beaten down, I'll slip away into the sound. The ghost of you is close to me. I'm inside out. You're underneath. I've got two faces, blurry's the one I'm not. I've got two faces, blurry's the one I'm not. I need your help to take him out. I need your help to take him out. Though I'm weak and beaten down, I'll slip away into the sound. The ghost of you is close to me. I'm inside out, you're underneath. I'm a goner, somebody catch my breath. I'm a goner, somebody catch my breath. I want to be known by you. I want to be known by you. The light shines in the darkness. An angel went from God to a town called Nazareth, 
Great and merciful God, source and ground of all goodness and life, give to your people the peace that passes all understanding and the will to live your gospel of mercy and justice. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God, remember us in your love and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless our God. Praise and bless to you. May God, Creator, bless us and keep us. May Christ be ever light for our lives. May the spirit of love be our guide and path for all of our days. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.